A very good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for the 21st edition of the Startup Operator Weekly Roundup, wherein you can skip the news flooding on your mobile phone and just spend half an hour with us and um, get all the updates from the week. I have with me Roshan Karyapa, the host of the Startup Operator Podcast, and we'll be taking you through the news from, of the week today. Hi, Roshan. Good morning. Hey, Gunjan. Good morning. Quite an eventful week, huh? Very eventful week ended. And not only on the startup uh, news side, but with the IPL uh, also started. So which team are you supporting this year? Nah, man, I'm pretty checked out on that front. I just am uh, still hungover from the India-England test series and I'm looking forward to the, the next one on, uh, you know, on that uh, front, on the next test series on that front. I sound like an old fart, but can't help it. <laughs> Okay, so I think uh, what a uh, start to April, right? I mean, it's just been four months into 2021 and we have nine unicorns already. And yeah. out of those nine unicorns, six just came in last week. So what a what an action field month it has been. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's heartening. I mean, it's it's uh, such an exciting start uh, to the year. In fact, I mean, I think we've we've been doing this for a while now, and uh, I think all of our previous episodes we've said that you know, I mean, picture abhi baki hai, right? And uh, you get constantly uh, uh, you get constantly you get that validation, right? With every activity that happens uh, uh, week on week, I mean, six unicorns in a week, nine unicorns in the year. Uh, it's pretty pretty amazing, and all of these businesses are so. Different as well right uh, and I think we are catching up you know I mean if you look, look at it globally there are about 600 unicorns 50% uh, based in the US uh, another 25% uh, in China and then I think UK and India were uh, you know tied at the third uh, place I think but uh, we're we are taking a head start on that front right uh, we've uh, spoken about plenty of these uh, unicorns uh, uh, you know some of the like some of the deals that happened like inframarket for example previously that happened uh, and so on right uh, uh, but you know what does all of this mean I mean this means that uh, uh, if you look at uh, the 11.5 billion dollar funding that happened in 2020 right it's it's really nothing if you look at it in one sense uh, you know this is that whole law of large numbers in some sense right i mean uh, 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 so the global vc funding uh, in the last year was close to about 300 billion dollars and about 50% of that happened in the us now for something like the third largest ecosystem, startup ecosystem, we have a long way to go in terms of uh, uh, the amount of uh, money coming in, the amount of resources that we can uh, use and so on, right? So 11.5 billion is nothing, right? So we, we still have plenty of headroom in that sense. Um, there's always been seed and series A activity here. In fact, I think we've spoken about this as well, where pre-series A and uh, seed funding has really taken off right i mean you have plenty of uh, people doing the 500 500k check and the 1 million check and so on uh, but i think what we will see going forward is the likes of tiger and softbank come in more with the growth stage capital right i mean given that you know interest rates are going to be low uh, for a while uh, upcoming i mean india is going to see a lot of this growth stage capital uh, and look i mean one way again to think about all of this is that hey i mean so much of money to uh, sort of uh, you know for fun and to burn and whatever right but i don't think founders can see this as exits right uh, even though they might make some money but this is 
this is leverage this is leverage because you look at the kind of businesses right i mean look at share chat for example which we'll talk about uh i mean it's it's got so much room to grow right uh and so you really look at this money as leverage to go out and big build uh, uh and go out and build big businesses right and uh, i would love to see some ipos going forward or some massive uh, acquisitions happening right so so that's really what the money is for um you know there's plenty of concern on the kind of losses that these companies are making there's a lot of a lot of shade around that in fact i saw uh you know some i think there was a infographic or something on you know how much each of these companies are losing and everything but i think it's a different kind of uh, business right and given that you know all of these are less than 10 years old i think 6 7 years old whatever uh look at some of the legendary businesses of our time right so amazon for example took 18 quarters to turn profits right and did about 21 billion dollars last year alone uh, in net income now amazon is the gold class or probably the platinum class in execution so it's unfair to sort of or you know it's uh, maybe not right to benchmark everyone to that level of execution but even otherwise right the point is made some of these businesses have to achieve a certain scale in order for them to turn profits right so there are other examples as well um, airbnb for example uh, i think they raised about 4 billion dollars in funding uh and uh, you know uh, there about 10x that uh, that at this uh, at this point of time in market cap probably more uh, and they took about 6 years to turn over a profit uh tesla uh, again took about 10 years uh, to turn over a profit and you know i mean even if you look at some of the old world businesses right like uh, fedex for example or walmart and so on these uh, companies took a while to uh, earn their profits right uh, fedex especially uh uh the other thing to look out for is the second order effects uh, that this will have uh, have right i mean you're seeing a lot more esop buybacks and so on so there's going to be more wealth created for early employees and so on uh, which means that either they can start up themselves or they can fund startups and uh, it's it's good to see that kind of seed and uh, Uh, uh sort of uh, pre series a capital come in you know from from operators and from uh founding folks right so that is really really good uh and overall i mean as consumers you get cheaper better services so yeah i mean i think it's a it's a fantastic time uh for the indian startup ecosystem in some sense well, that's a really positive note to start this week's roundup on and yeah i mean we have been discussing in every roundup that how bullish we are into this whole bharat startup ecosystem right and i think that past week has just proven that so um we put out two great episodes last week one with andrew stotts and the other one with priya mohan uh i what i really loved about andrew's episode is that how basic are the mistakes which founders and co-founders make in the startups and its nature right it's always comes down to like hiring managing the finances from from an early stage and just being on top of execution and it's not something like very grand plans that go wrong but the small things which go wrong and add up to big mistakes what was your uh, key takeaways from priya's conversation yeah just to add on uh, andrew's episode right you are absolutely right i mean uh, there are very basic things that uh, if you avoid right uh, uh, could uh, you know mean the difference between success and failure right and uh, that's really what andrew spoke about uh, a very good uh, 101 sort of an episode for anyone considering starting a business uh, sorry man i mean i just keep getting knocked off 
Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if you remember the ads on the auto rickshaws, the SMS group shop ads. Uh, you know, I mean, this is uh, this is a pretty old startup, 16 year old company, right? Uh, I think they started out as SMS group shop. Uh, back in the day, you know, SMSs were pretty expensive. I think I remember paying about 50 paisa or so to uh, uh, beyond your uh, free limit, right? Uh, uh, so SMS group shop started as a group SMS uh, uh, sort of a service. Uh, and the premise was that uh, they will have advertisements and they will monetize like that. But then uh, I think there was a problem with regulation. Uh, I think regulators uh, banned advertisements on SMSs and also uh, I think the operators uh, did not really subsidize their costs, uh, at, even at scale, right? So they had to pivot uh, from consumer to enterprise, uh, uh, quite uh, almost similar to uh, what Haptic did, right? Haptic is another company that did that same journey. And ultimately, they were acquired by uh, Haptic was acquired by Reliance, of course. Uh, so Gupshop uh, started working with banks and airlines for their messaging, uh, and since uh, have extended beyond that, right? So uh, they're now an authorized distributor for WhatsApp business, uh, right? They're enabling chat support and so on through, uh, or they're enabling, should I say, conversational marketing through WhatsApp and so on. And uh, given that uh, you know WhatsApp's business use case. Uh, uh, is is just in the stage one uh, in India, right? I mean, we're only scratching the surface. Uh, given that fact, I think we have, uh, 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 there's plenty of uh, scope to grow on this, right? So um, the other facet of the business is that, you know, they're, they're profitable as well. So of course, Birad is, a, is a, an experienced entrepreneur. He's also a founder of Elance. Uh, Elance, again, is a pretty old startup, I would say, a couple of decades old, I think. Uh, one of the first, uh, freelancing uh, marketplaces to emerge, uh, right? Uh, they merged with Odesk uh, and are now called Upwork and uh, have a pretty significant uh, stake in the whole gig economy that we live in, right? Uh, 16 year old journey, uh, right? Hats off uh, uh, on hats off to the founders and the leadership team uh, for the execution. And uh, what a tenacity it would have taken, right? Today, a Gupshap has customers like Kotak Mahindra Bank, Invisent, HDFC, Ola, Zomato, and Flipkart and the likes. So kudos to them and hope to see more uh, action from their side. So this is another investment which Tiger Global made last week. Uh, ShareChat raised uh, $502 million from Tiger Global and along with Tiger Global, Lightspeed Ventures took part in this funding round. Uh, Snap Inc., Twitter, and India Quotient 2 participated in the round, and ShareChat is currently valued at over $2.1 billion. This regional language social media platform's new funding round will be used for its short video platform, which is called Moj, and it was launched in July last year, right after TikTok got banned in India. Currently, ShareChat has over 160 million monthly users, while Moj claims to have 120 million monthly active users. So Roshan, the six-year-old startup began engaging with investors for new funds about 10 months ago. And they even explored a full buyout deal with Twitter. I think this is signaling towards a huge rise in consumption of regional content lately, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, plenty of uh, things going for uh, them, right? The fact that, uh, you know, they've captured this whole short video format market uh, uh, you know, then the fact that they support, I think, 15 plus uh, local languages, then the whole uh, the TikTok ban uh, that happened, uh, you know, uh, uh, last year uh, and so on. So 280 million users, again, you know, I think they have between ShareChat and Moj, right? There could be some overlaps, of course. Uh, but 
you know again it's it's not a trivial uh, user base right that's pretty pretty damn big now again you know given how some of these apps have captured something like 80% of uh, the the market in countries like china right the the headroom to grow is immense right and that is really what the money is going to be used for the money is going to be used for acquisition and uh, you're going to see a lot more advertising lot more money coming into the market uh, also you know uh, kudos to india quotient and uh, uh, mr anand lunya right uh, they had the conviction to invest uh, in these guys way back in 2014 or 2015 i think and uh, that's paid off handsomely for them uh, i think uh, they made about 540x on the wow. investment <laughs> imagine that let's let's right? let that sink in for a while <laughs> yeah let that sink in for a while right so they invested 50 lakhs or so uh, uh for a 10% stake uh, way back uh but again you know the the, the great thing is that they had the conv- uh, conviction to invest in subsequent rounds uh right and which is which is again you know one on one thing they say they say in investing right double down on your winners and uh, they still hold about uh, 4% right so which is worth about 2.2 uh, 270 crores at this point of time right so so kudos to them uh, and a fantastic story you know uh, i think uh, local language social media is uh, is a welcome change and uh, yeah you're going to see plenty of this uh, going forward right and earlier we also spoke with rajneet who is the co-founder of pratidipi and biso kuku fm Who are like so optimistic about the rise of regional content in India? We will link it to the description. Uh, please do check it out. Uh, next, we have Misho. Uh, Misho also joined the Unicorn Club after the social commerce platform raised three hundred million dollars in its new funding round, which was led by Japan's SoftBank Group Corp. The fundraise valued Misho at two point one billion dollars, which is a threefold jump from its previous funding round in twenty nineteen. Misho connects uh, producers with resellers who eventually market the products to consumers through social media platforms such as WhatsApp and Facebook. It also offers services such as payments and logistics to these resellers which enables ease of transactions. All of this uh, uh, has led to over 45 million customers in just a matter of few years. So so Roshan we earlier spoke with Kalyan who heads the engineering division at Misho. Uh, what's your take on this story? it's an amazing business a uh, very interesting business i think they have done a couple of uh, different pivots uh, i think they started off more as a hyper local uh, as they claim a swiggy for fashion uh, and since then i think they've moved uh, they realized that you know uh, uh, the people who are retailing all of these products had more fundamental issues in terms of supply and so on and uh, they've kind of since then focused on the uh, on 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 these uh, entrepreneurs right uh, so at, at this point i think they have 10 million plus uh, entrepreneurs and 70% of these are homemakers uh, is what they claim which is fantastic uh, right and then they have about 20 million ish uh, uh, customers uh, i think the whole uh, the whole move away from amazon uh, wave right uh, led by shopify which of course has a 100 billion plus uh, market cap is going to get very interesting uh, you're going to see a lot more people uh, uh, sort of uh, build products and build capabilities for entrepreneurs and so on to leverage uh, uh, some to leverage the internet right and find customers and you know do uh, retail their products and services uh, so yeah if you guys haven't checked out you should definitely check out uh, uh chetan kalyan uh, chetan kalyan's episode in the engineering manager series we spoke about how he's built uh, uh their uh, product for scale uh, 
uh, interestingly also misho launched in indonesia last year right uh, so i think they're going to uh, find plenty of traction uh, on that front also i mean they're going to do southeast asia like some of the other startups have right so so yeah uh, fantastic business and plenty to look forward to uh, given their new fundraise right so uh, the next uh, question is we have that is india's first e pharmacy unicorn so process ventures it's earlier known as nasper ventures and us based private equity firm tpg growth uh, led an investment of 350 million dollars in api holdings which is the parent company of mumbai based online pharmacy pharmacy the deal is estimated to have valued pharmacy at 1.5 billion dollars post investment and these uh, funds would be used to expand the base of pharmacies it works as which is from 80000 today to 120000 in the next 12 months it will also enhance uh, its 200000 uh, it will enhance it subsequently to 200000 in the next 2 years helping it expand to beyond the 100 cities it is present today so uh, roshan we have an e-commerce platform for almost everything we have for groceries we have for medicines ticketing and so on and all of this has just happened in a span of a decade how do you see this evolving in the coming few years uh it's good so pharmacy is the first uh, sort of uh, uh, unicorn e pharmacy unicorn uh, that we have right and uh, health tech obviously you know is uh, is a pretty important uh, uh, important sector and i think you know more money coming into that is uh, is going to be amazing so uh you know again here right i mean this is one of those businesses that has sort of uh, stood the test of time in some sense right because there were plenty of these e pharmacy types that started uh you know around the time that uh, pharmacy started but uh, you know while plenty have uh, fallen by the wayside uh, pharmacy has continued to sort of execute and uh, build out uh, uh, build out their business right so yeah interesting so even giants such as reliance has acquired a majority stake in chennai based netmeds even tata group that is in the final stages of acquiring a majority stake in 1mg and amazon have also entered the online pharmacy sector and not only that some of the incumbents of the industry right like apollo pharmacy has entered online retail and is also coming together of pharmaceutical majors such as sun pharma lupin torrent pharma and others to start their own b2b pharma distribution by acquiring pharmarack apart from that api holdings said it's also investing in, in building a telemedicine business that sees nearly 500000 online consultations a month and i think most of this can be attributed to the lockdown last year uh next up we have cred uh cred also leapt to the unicorn status on tuesday with its 215 million dollars fundraise and that values the fintech startup at 2.2 billion dollars This investment round was led by new investor Falcon Edge Capital and existing investor Koshu Management LLP. This fundraise comes after the startup raised eighty-one million dollars as part of its Series C round, which ascribed its valuation to eight hundred and six million dollars just a couple of months ago in January. Also, what's very exciting is that in an internal memo about the fundraise, Kunal Shah also announced a five million dollars employee stock ownership plan buyback. and is of buyback so credit is one of those companies that have focused more on growth as compared to monetization right so what's your take on their unicorn status now 
uh see credit gets a lot of shade uh, right because of the sort of business it is and because of uh, you know some of kunal shah's uh, remarks on social media and so on right but uh, you know uh, it's perhaps the most interesting business uh, in uh, 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 at at this point of time i think people are sort of reading it wrong you know they're in the stage one of their journey uh and people often say you know they i have 5 lakh credit points or i have 10 lakh credit points you know what do i do with this i don't want to uh, get a spa service for that right or uh, and so on right now don't be disappointed by the loyalty points uh, they were just a hook basically right so let's uh, see it for what it is uh, really i mean they were just a way to acquire people and uh, uh, get them to start transacting financially on that app right what is to come is going to be really really interesting uh you know i mean i can see i can definitely see a path where uh, credit acquires uh, some sort of a banking license uh you know uh, and uh, starts like you know doing all of the services like lending insurance etc uh that a normal bank or sort of nbfc does at this point of time and that is when you will see like the stage 2 sort of a growth of uh, credit right that is 2.0 uh so at this point of time you know they they're still very early in their journey right i think they're probably a 3 year old startup uh, in some sense right 3 4 years old maybe yeah uh, they've raised a bunch of cash because obviously kunal uh, shah knows how to build a, an internet business right free charge sold for 400 million dollars which was one of the largest uh, or possibly the largest uh, uh, acquisition at that point of time right so uh, so yeah plenty of uh, plenty of uh, uh, action yet to come on on, on cred and and look at the class of users that they're, they're uh, uh, focused on also right i mean they they focused on the richest of the uh, uh, of the users now again you know the way things are in the in in india uh, financial services is not very tailored right so you have a blanket uh, sort of a uh, services to everyone right and very very like the top of the top of the top get those really exclusive stuff uh, right why because i mean there is no there's no data really i can be someone at an upper middle class level who could actually be eligible for a lot more things but he or she misses the, them out because there's no there's no way for a bank to really find out uh, that or even if they do i mean they're not uh, i don't want to say they're not being creative enough but uh, really you know customizing these kind of solutions at scale is very very difficult uh, but cred sort of sees itself as a as a data company right as a new age startup right so based on some of the data that they're seeing uh you know their uh, their ability to serve this market will be a lot lot higher than you know some of the conventional banks uh, right uh, again you know i keep bringing up that article by angela strange uh, of anderson horowitz who said that every company will be a fintech company uh, mm-hmm. where you know the services layer will be managed by the likes of cred and so on right so so it's it's very very interesting and uh, you know a lot more to come on uh, uh, the the credit front right so with this whole frenzy of you know fundraises uh, unicorn sta- uh, startups acquiring uh, unicorn statuses uh, nitin kamath who is the founder of zerotha put out a really interesting twitter thread right and he went on to talk about why companies like zerotha shouldn't be raising funds right now so would love for you to hear your your take on this uh nitin's an amazing guy man he's probably one of my uh, idols in the startup space i would say right i mean simply given how he has built uh, zerotha over the last 10 years and really see this bootstrapping versus funding is an age old debate and uh, in in some sense it's meaningless if you ask me right because uh, 
uh, it really depends on the founder's temperament and the kind of business they want to build uh, right uh, so uh, you know while grow has continued to raise uh, boatloads of capital and they have chosen a particular path zerodha has not done that right uh, and zerodha has stayed bootstrapped in fact they have funded other companies through the rainmatter uh, fund and they're sort of growing organically right uh, and i like nitin's philosophy you know nitin says that you know i don't want to be beholden to any investors uh, outside investors i don't want to have uh, uh, i don't want to be able to do all of those crazy things for growth right and and somehow that sort of gives me an assurance that my money will be safer in zerodha than compared to some of the others right uh because see growth um you know that sort of exponential growth right it it forces uh, people to do strange things right and given the sort of uh, nature of uh, uh fintech right where where downside can be huge right uh, let's say i mean you you, you or look at uh, nudges for example zero the nudges right i mean it prevents you from trading sometimes now that's actually counterintuitive if you look at it right because uh trading will uh, you know if you do trade that their volumes are up and technically it's going to benefit them but what do they get from preventing uh, you from trading right but those are things you do when you care for the customer right and that is really something that is amazing you know i think i tweeted saying zero the for life so yeah zero the for life <laughs> <laughs> so nitin is uh, uh seeing this round up so a shout out to them Oh, we'd love to have him on the Startup Operator podcast. Right. Okay. Um. So something which has been like the you know talk in the markets with the whole GameStop stocks and everything, Wazirx launched India's first NFT marketplace. Now, this NFT marketplace is a way for a seamless exchange of digital assets and intellectual properties, which include art pieces, audio files, videos, programs, and even tweets. apart from other digital goods and services now indian creators can now place their digital assets for auction over the blockchain based nft marketplace and earn royalty thereafter so uh, roshan a fun question for you how much do you think a tweet is worth i don't know man who knows i think uh, 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 i think uh, jack or someone probably yeah nft the tweet right i mean i'm not sure how much it was bought for see anything new like this right i mean it starts off as a novelty uh, but then soon enough it becomes really really serious and i think uh, nfts are going to be like that right nfts are uh, uh, we're, we're seeing i mean i said we're seeing the stage 1 of cred right we're seeing the probably the stage 0 uh, or probably like you know some some step behind of nfts right uh, uh something that i will not discount right uh, don't be uh, fooled by you know the kind of people that are sort of investing in uh, or, or you know uh, by by all of the hype and whatever cut through all of that i think uh, as a technology i think it's pretty damn exciting right and uh, you're going to see it have a lot of impact going forward you know uh, and i really would like to see all of uh, indian art for example right uh, uh sold as an nft uh that would be amazing right imagine if indian artists and artisans from across uh uh you know across the country could retail their um, art as an nft right i mean that that would be pretty damn good so yeah uh, jack dorsey's tweet was sold for 2.9 million dollars in an nft transaction wow. and uh, the market grew by almost 300% in 2020 as it clocked more than 250 million dollars 
as a total value of transactions but having said that i mean to quote you only right from your conversation with andrew you can be super optimistic about your vision but be a little pragmatic or even slightly pessimistic about your execution no see there's 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 two sides of uh, this right whenever i see all of this crypto nft and you know spack and all of that right i mean somehow amitabh bachchan in uh, mohabbate pops up in my head you know uh, you know that what, what was he saying uh, uh, parampara pratishtha something pratishta. right yeah. and it's just the opposite of that man i mean all that's happening right now but then you know see beyond all of the uh, sort of facetious or frivolous stuff right there's there's actually some serious stuff uh, if you look at the underlying technology itself or the underlying dynamics of the marketplace i mean it's it's very 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 serious right so i would not discount any of this uh, as uh, you know as frivolous stuff right i mean it's going to have a huge impact going forward and uh, i think also that india is uh, very acutely positioned for this uh, we are late to the crypto market but i think we are catching up we are making up huge strides uh, right do check out the episode uh, we did with uh, nischal of azirex uh, and i think he gives plenty of perspective on you know how and why this will uh, uh, this will be significant uh, so that is one thing that i would say yeah right so next uh, we have bamboo's tweet which kind of reminded me of the dark night right it's not who you are underneath that defines you but what you do so uh, in this i'll just uh, read the tweet to do good we have to be smart our good intentions alone cannot ensure good outcomes never confuse feelings with facts the depth of emotion we feel about something is insufficient to overcome cold hard facts faith and reason feelings and facts must work together <laughs> yeah i mean this is classic vembusar's uh, wisdom right and uh, i think in order to be enable in, in order to enable change it's not just enough that uh, you you will it right i mean you also have to be smart uh, people often uh, you know have this rip and replace mentality where you know uh, they look at something and say why is it like this and let me just like whatever right let me just uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater i think uh, step one is to sort of really study that and figure why it is the way it is and then build a system that's uh, you know uh, better than that right and uh, that that you have to be smart for that and you just don't have to uh, you you just don't uh, go with good intentions right good intentions are a necessary not sufficient condition is what he's saying yeah so classic so this also reminds me of that uh, a glass half full or a glass half empty right an optimist would see it as a glass half full a pessimist would see it as a glass half empty but only a realist would just see it as a glass of water and what you do about it depends on you or a glass of whiskey also <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh, wrapping up this week's round up uh two really exciting episodes we're going to put out one with Rory Sutherland who's the vice chairman of Ogilvy UK and Ajay Gore who is the operating partner of technology at Sequoia Capital Roshan anything that we should be looking forward to in these conversations yeah these are going to be block but blockbuster episodes uh Rory is uh, is really one of my favorite uh, authors i mean he wrote one of the, he, he wrote perhaps one of the best books i've read in recent times alchemy uh right and uh, is is widely considered an advertising legend right uh, so i'm going to be talking to him about uh, alchemy or branding for startups and uh, uh 
uh, that's going to be interesting. And Ajay Gore is, of course, you know, one of the best known uh, technologists in the ecosystem. He, uh, he was uh, formerly CTO of Gojek, right? Uh, so again, a very exciting conversation coming up. Uh, two very different people, uh, very, very accomplished. Yeah. Super excited for these episodes. So with that, uh, we come to the end of this week's roundup. CT, what a week it has been. Uh, I'm pretty confident there's more action coming up in the in the next uh, few weeks and lots to look after in the year as well. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, who joined us today for this week's roundup. And as always, please do let us know what did you think of this edition? What do you think of past ep- episodes? You can tweet to us at Operator Startup or even drop in a message at LinkedIn. Uh, you can look at us by the startup operator. Do keep sharing your feedback and it's your support that helps us grow. And we'll be back again next week with more uh, action news. Yeah, sorry about the technical glitches. I hope you found, I hope you caught all of the good parts. And uh, if not, we're going to do, redo this and put it up on Anchor and other podcast platforms again. Right. Thank you so much. See you guys. Thank you, everyone. Have a great weekend ahead.